Hi, I'm Ken Kessler, and welcome to the Sounds of Christmas podcast. If you're new to this podcast, I want to start by saying thanks for joining us. If you're not new, welcome back. Either way, I'm glad you're here. Now, to avoid any confusion, I want to start off by saying there won't be any music played here. This is a place for conversation. I'll talk about Christmas music and some related topics, sometimes by myself and sometimes with guests. If you're looking for music, just go to soundsofchristmas.com and click on the tree or the player on the front page or on the Listen Now page. We play the best variety of Christmas music all year long. Well, except in October, when we play the best variety of Halloween music. Very happy to have Mark Winter, former member of 1980s recording artist Illusion, here to talk about his new Christmas single and a whole bunch of other stuff as we have time. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Oh, it's great to be here. I mentioned in the intro that we play Christmas music all year long, except in October when we play Halloween music. And when I went to your YouTube channel, I saw that, and I can't remember if these were yours or Illusion or one of each, but a couple of Halloween songs. There was one Halloween song, and um, not that I, I write holiday songs, but it just happened that that one, I, that was the first song I ever wrote when I was seven. <laughs> and you know, I was thinking about it, and I said, well, you know, no one's ever really heard it. So I, I decided this year, I said, why don't I record it? So that's that was written by seven-year-old me and produced by now me. And that one's called Halloween is here. The other one yeah. that I was I was thinking of was the cover of I Want Candy. I consider that now a Halloween song because oh, really? oh, okay. what everybody wants. Yeah, I didn't uh, think of that. But I, I that just was, thought that, that was, was from that was done with illusion, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought that was that was very interesting and I'll make sure that I play those next October and, and get those into our Halloween library. But oh, that okay. was that was a nice find. I saw this and I thought Wow, this is really cool. You wrote and produced Roller Palace, the first roller disco record. That's that's really cool. Yeah. 1978, I think. Yeah, that, that was, was the very, very first roller disco record. And it was played at the UKTU's uh, roller party at the Roller Palace in Brooklyn. Yeah, they wrote about it in Billboard magazine. So yeah, that was fun. It was like right in the, at the beginning. Yeah. After that, another first the first musical greeting cards yeah um another another really cool thing that we just take for granted now right back then they were um i was looking for other other things that i could do musically and so i thought of well, why don't i do a greeting card and they had these like little plastic overlays that were records when there were record players i know gen z won't understand this but but uh they had these little plastic records they were clear and so we had greeting cards printed and with you know funny graphics and stuff and i wrote a song for each one of them you know birthdays anniversaries all kinds of things and uh recorded them in the studio and we put them out as as they were like records yeah I, i'm sure that that and i, I don't want to be one of those these kids today but i'm sure that these <laughs> kids today don't don't quite get it yeah one of my friends said why don't you write a roller disco song i said okay so that's what i did a lot of things are just serendipitous like that. People just say things and I say, okay, let's try it. Now, you were one of the founding members of Illusion. Would you consider them uh, an 80s band, 80s, 90s? Well, yeah, but I mean, we came out, uh, I Want Your Love and Me was out in, in 1988 on Epic Records. And, you know, we were around the same kind of time as Expose and the Cover Girls and, you know, Fascination and all those kind of bands. And... um 
it was great while it was happening. You know, when, when you have a record out, you know, they treat you like royalty. So it was great while it was happening. And then we just continued to record into the 90s. And then, you know, my ex-wife was in the band. So when we got divorced, that was the end of that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, uh, sadly, <laughs> a, a too common tale with a lot of bands. I'm guessing around that time was when you wrote Be Proud to Be in New Jersey. Yeah, that was 1996. And I happened to, I don't know if I did or my parents did, see something in the paper that they were looking for songs. for the, New Jersey is the only state that doesn't have a state song. So they were running a competition to find one. And so I said, okay, I could do this. So I wrote one and sent it in. And there were, you know, hundreds of entries. And mine was selected as one of the three that they recommended to be the state song. And uh, we went to the state house and they had this whole big thing. And CNN was there and in the news. And, you know, a lot of little exciting moments, you know, happened along the way uh, of my career. But uh, that was one of them. And, uh, yeah, I got this proclamation from the governor, but then they never decided to make a state song. So there's still none. You know, I remember I was in uh, a morning show in Cincinnati at the time, and this became almost a joke because somebody had suggested Springsteen's Born to Run as the state song of New Jersey. And in the song, he talks about it being a death trap. Right, you just know, think, talk about le leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're born to run. You're leaving New Jersey. So, so a lot of people had heard that this was going on because of that. How cool to be involved in so many of these different things, and yet it it didn't happen until recently that you decided to record a Christmas song. Yeah, I just you know you know I was thinking about it. and I said you know I'd, I'd like to record a Christmas song because uh, the best thing about them is that they come back every year. So, you know, you write a song and, and, you know, people like it. And, yeah, maybe they hear it, you know, years you know down the road once or twice. But when you write a Christmas song every year, there it is. It's back. You know, and I didn't want Mariah Carey to have all the fun. So I figured, all right, let me write one, too. <laughs> What's really neat about your song, you kind of have a tribute to a Christmas carol in there. Yeah, I, I figured I would throw some Easter eggs into this Christmas song. So production wise, it's not in the lyrics, but it's in the production. I have elements from the past and the present and I don't know, maybe the future in the song. So if you if you listen carefully, you see on the left side, there's a guitar riff from the 70s. And then at the very beginning, there's um, the intro is done with like a 80s synth. And then the middle of the bridge part where the sax comes in, I have uh, a tribute to the girl groups of the 60s. And then on the right side of the song has, uh, you know, more key you know current keyboard sounds to be the present and future sounds so i just did that as a little fun thing yeah and it all but it all goes together really well whether you notice it or not i i, I should also mention the name of the song is christmas in the air i don't think that that i said that yet i didn't want to just keep referring to it as the song it's not like this is something that's blatant in there it's just it's part of the song so if you don't if you're not going to look at looking for it you're not going to notice it but if you do i think it's a you know it's a nice easter egg to come across right well so i figured it'd be a conversation starter you know no one would really notice it unless i told someone and then they would go looking for it are there other easter eggs in there that we haven't talked about no not really i mean i mean the only thing when i recorded the song i contacted my friend uh, brit savage brit savage and both of us 
we're in 80s new wave bands back in the early 80s in New Jersey. We were playing in the club circuit. And so I knew her and she's in Nashville. And the great thing about her is that she actually won Star Search in 1992. She was the winner wow. of Star Search. So, you know, she's a friend of mine. So I asked her if she would do the backgrounds for me. And she said, of course. So so she did all the background singing on that. And uh, it sounds great. She did a fantastic job. Was it just kind of a whim that you thought that you would record a Christmas song? Or was there anything that led you to it? I've I've wanted to do it for a while. I just thought this would be the best. I don't know. I just thought, let's let just like everything else I do, I said, let's do this. I'm going to do the Christmas song now. There was no reason or I just decided like everything else. Yeah, that's fine. I, I I always wonder when somebody's had a career that has any long longevity, and and that's not always the case in music when they decide to make Christmas music. Some start out, and one of the first things they do is a Christmas single, and some wait until their career is winding down, and some do it in the middle. And I was just I was just curious if there was anything that sort of other than you had been wanting to do it uh well you know I, when i when i write songs usually i write the melody first and, and so i don't know i was taking a walk one day and i was just thinking you know let me do a christmas song and the melody started coming to me and so i started you know words started you know everything just that's how songs happen they just things just come and so before i knew it i had the whole song written and you know i have my studio so it's not a problem to record it so um i figured all right i'm going to do this now and uh, yeah, I've been really happy with it. It came out really nice. Yeah, I, I agree. I hadn't noticed. I think I saw this on your website about the different eras of music that you had kind of snuck in there that you had mentioned a minute ago. So I, I had to go back and listen for that. But I just think it's seamless the way it works together. And if you don't know it's there, it's but it it all comes together really well any plans for any more christmas music have you thought um, about that no you know i, I wanted when, when i thought about writing the christmas song i wanted to write something happy you know i wanted a happy cheery christmas song. i don't know maybe i'll write a, a sad one i don't know but uh, i really want and you know, i'm a happy person i like to write you know happy things so i wanted this to be a cheerful christmas song one of my friends told me I should write a Hanukkah song. I said, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'm on the agenda for next year. <laughs> Have you thought about like a whole album, even if that meant some covers? Um, not really. No, you know, I like to just, you know, I like to do different things. I don't know if I'll do a whole uh, Christmas album or not. I, you know, if I do another Christmas song, I would, you know, just do one to start and see how it goes. So we're coming to the end of 2022. What's on your agenda for 2023 any other new music that you're working on right before the christmas song i did um, a summer song called party at the poolside and uh so that one i was doing really well i just you know i'm, I'm trying not to be do seasonal songs but they i don't know they just seem to happen so um so i did the the pool song and and, and that's that's doing it's doing really well and then I did the Christmas song. So, and then I, I also did a football song. So I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to come up with some ideas that uh, aren't seasonal. <laughs> you know. Then I also have my day job, which is, is kind of like what you're doing. I own Pet Life Radio, which is the largest pet radio network and podcast network on on the planet. And so I have we have 75 different podcasts and shows. So that keeps me pretty busy. So I have to you know sneak the music in in between. Do you mind? talking about that a little bit 
like I love pet stuff. Yeah, I, I started. I'm, I got into podcasting um, in 2005, and uh, right at the very beginning, I worked for a couple different companies. I mean, that um, down here in Florida, I worked at Party 93.1, and I worked at Y100, and I was the producer there. And then nobody even knew what podcasting was, so I was there for two years until I decided to do my own. So we, I started um, Pet Life Radio with my son in 2007 and uh you know we had like seven we started with like seven shows and i said well okay this should be enough and then it just it was like exploding and so now we have over 75 shows we've had all kinds of celebrities on um it's like going non-stop so i'm really busy with that and um yeah if you go to petliferadio.com and the podcasts are on all the platforms and our live stream goes out to 250 million subscribers on wow. iHeartRadio and Odyssey. Tune in for those. Wow. That's probably going to seem like a really stupid question. But what? Okay. <laughs> since there are so many shows, what exactly, what's it about? Is it just um, about anything that would have to do with pets or specialized particular areas? And, and, yeah. The, I, mean, mo- I mean, we have some general pet shows. And... Um, like we, two of them that are my favorites. One is called Obehave, and it's like you know all about everything. And then we have another one called Covered in Pet Hair, and that's like a boozy show. It's so so it's kind of the guests come with with their drink and they talk about pets. But then I have other shows that you know dogs, cats, fish, birds, pet fashion, pet health. We have a lot of vet- veterinary shows. Um, we have pet product shows, and we have the number one cat show, cat podcast. Um, worldwide on Pet Life Radio called Catitude. And we've had a lot of celebrities on Jennifer Aniston and 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 Paris Hilton and um, I don't know, Hillary Swank. I mean, I could go on and on. We've had like hundreds of them. So it's been, yeah, that's been really fun. That keeps me busy most of the time. So, you know, it's, it's a miracle oh, sure. I have time to write music. Yeah. You know, people like, so often want to pigeonhole artists and that okay you were in this 80s band illusion so that's who you are and that's what you're about and then you're doing the the pet shows and okay that's what you're about and now you've got a christmas song and the truth is we all have so many different things that that we're passionate about that we wanted that we want to do it's it's great to to hear somebody who's doing that I mean, you know, I mean, it's all related. I mean, you know, it's all audio. So, you know, that's really my passion, you know, music and audio and radio. And it's just, it's all, you know, under the same umbrella. And it's what I love. So, you know, any way I can do that is I do it. The song that we were talking about, Christmas in the Air, it's available everywhere that you listen, download music. What's the best way for people to connect to you, Mark? Well, I mean, I have my website is markwintermusic.com. I'm guessing that the the website is probably the best way, and there are probably links there to the other things. And you also have, yeah, I was going to mention the YouTube channel. There's a relatively new video. Well, of course, the song just came out for um, Christmas in the Air and uh, along with the Halloween songs we were talking about before. But you can go there, go to go to Mark's YouTube channel and subscribe. And that way, when he does come up with another song and post it there, you'll be one of the first to get it. And I'll put links to that and your website and the pet shows in the show notes for this. So anybody who's listening can just click and head on over and check that stuff out too. 
That's great. Yeah, if you go, if you go there, there's also um, I've got a disco song that I did in 1979 is on there, and uh, I've got a pet song I did about pets and uh, all kinds of stuff. It's mostly electronic, like pop electronic stuff. So yeah, and uh, they're all fun to listen to. Yeah, you're definitely gonna want to check this out. The pet song. I'm assuming you mean I love my pets, which is which is very cute. So Christmas in the Air is the song streaming everywhere. You can also check out Mark's other music on his website and on his YouTube channel and check out the Pets podcast. I'll get a link for that, too, in the show notes, and you can click on over and check that out. Mark, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. I'm just I'm thankful that you're playing my song and uh, hopefully people like it. And um, thank you. And thank you so much for listening and for continuing to support the Sounds of Christmas station and podcast. Anytime you're ready for Christmas music, we're ready for you. Just go to soundsofchristmas.com and click on the tree or the player on the front page or on the Listen Now page. You can also grab our app in the Google Play Store and take the music with you wherever you go. And as far as this podcast goes, we're now on lots of podcasting sites. So if you didn't find us on your favorite today, just search for the Sounds of Christmas next time you go there, and I'm pretty sure you'll see our tree. Then you can subscribe and you'll never miss another episode. If you have comments or suggestions on this episode, previous episodes, or the Sounds of Christmas Station, feel free to reach out to me on social media or through the website. Thanks again. And may you always believe in Santa Claus. <laughs>